Hello and welcome to another episode of the School Safety Free Period. I'm Amanda Klinger. And I'm Dr. Amy Klinger. And we're with the Educator School Safety Network. We're a national nonprofit organization and we provide school safety training, resources, and technical assistance to schools throughout the U.S. and Canada. But sometimes when we are feeling a little bit less serious and a little bit less professional and a little bit less academic, we have our School Safety Free Period. And we talk about the things that we find that are all true, but they are almost too absurd to be true. So, typically what we do, one of us has a story um, in the media and we tell it to the other one and then the other person reacts and we sort of go from there. But I don't want to do that, that this time. <laughs> Just make it your so own now rules. that you know what we typically do, we're not going to do that. Okay. So instead, I wanted to cover something or talk about something that bugs me. And, and then we'll just sort of see if it bugs anyone else. So you just want to just open forum for now, complaining? I'm not trying to vent. I just want to show talk about this. Okay. So I spend a lot of time monitoring and looking at media reports of different safety issues that happen in schools. And I am almost always irritated by the way that the media chooses to cover some of the things that happen. So I'm going to give you the words that the media used and then you tell me the safety term of what they're referring to, okay? So we're playing a game? Yeah. Can the people at home play yes, along? Yes, you can play along. Okay, so, so I should here we go. So I shouldn't answer right away. Right. Well, no, you can answer. We're well, not going to leave people time to play along. Okay, so the first thing they were talking about is how <laughs> the students were, and I'm using this in quotes, my quotation fingers, the students, because of this safety concern, were penned up for more than two hours. Penned up? Penned up. P-E-N-N-E-D up. Wait, was this livestock or students? This was in the context of a school. As a result of a threat. had a safety concern requiring them to pen up their students. Okay, well I'm hoping everyone has had a time to be yelling out at home. Well, and this time of year, I'm sure a lot of us have an urge to have the students be penned up, <laughs> but... I think they're probably referring to a lockdown. To a lockdown, yes. Yeah. So we have a safety concern, and we're concerned about, you know, potential threat of violence. So we're going to pen up the students. So clearly there's some issues with that. Now, I would like to point out that lockdowns do come to us from prisons. I mean, lockdowns were a response procedure that were originated in prisons, which was we have some sort of emergency event, and we can't just <laughs> let the prisoners... Evacuate. Hey, hey, everybody just evacuate. And so that's, that is where a lockdown comes from. So, I mean, maybe that's, maybe this, you know, So author. the question is, if you owned a pig farm, do you have a lockdown when you want all the pigs to go do something? Or it do you depends. just pen them up? My pig farm has, uh, we are in, in accordance with all of my best practice. So we actually use a leveled lockdown in my pig farm. Okay. The pigs are into it. Okay. Well, this next one, I can't necessarily guess, but I can sort of show you. So this is how the media defines a prank. So there was a prank at this school. Um, so you can only imagine what, you know, you think, oh, someone put gum under the table or they... It's a prank? I don't know. Well, I mean, gross. think of a prank. <laughs> okay, well, think of a prank like, oh, we... Well, roll the toilet paper backwards in the restroom. I don't know. Will you come up with a prank? Well, the <laughs> pranks that we've covered so far on this show were we had a Not false... Not a ridiculous prank. Just on this on this show, we had a false kidnapping over the CCTV 
Uh, and we had what uh, I think was probably more accurately called a riot, where they had the riot at that school in South Africa. Right. Um, so I would think of a prank as, a I'm going to jump out from the stairwell, boo, there's well, a prank. Well, a prank that I heard was that they released, talking about my pig farm, that they released three pigs in the school, and they had numbers on them, one, two, and four, which I would think pig in the school is enough of a prank, but... Then having to actually, look. that was chickens. Oh, that, chickens! In, in my experience, it okay. was a chicken. Well, there actually. you go. Um, the prank. So we want to talk nice about prank. releasing a pig in school as a prank, and then the principal caught the pig, raised it, and then at the end of the year had a pig roast for the staff. That <laughs> is a true story of a prank turned to the good. But anyways, <laughs> uh, well, in this particular case, this was a threat of a school shooting with the picture taken with a gun and posted on Instagram about killing everyone in the school, is called a prank. Not quite the term that and, I and would And this use. is what makes me crazy, is it, it gives this notion that this sort of behavior is just kids, kids being, being kids. You know. um, and that it's, a, it's not a prank. It's a cry for help. It's not a prank. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I see that all the time, and especially when you're talking about weapons, you're talking about actual verbalized threats. Those are not pranks or hoaxes. Those are a legit problem. So then what would we call someone who calls in a bomb threat that everyone is going to die, the school is going to explode, and requires everyone to evacuate and be sent home Lots of law enforcement, fire, EMS there. What would we call the individual that did that? Uh, someone who's communicating terroristic threats? Nope, they're a prankster. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Prank, uh, again, multiple times where you see people talking in the media, they're referring to it. Pranksters result in the evacuation of a school. It's not a prank. It's not a prank, and they're not pranksters. Hmm. And okay. finally... The tragedy of a shooter in the state of of Washington, which happened like what uh, in the fall? Which one? Yeah, the the oh, Washington. Yeah, yeah, the one fall. in Tacoma, the fall of seventeen. Clearly, was a shooting resulted in a fatality. Mm-hmm. In the discussion in the media about his violent YouTube videos that were replicating violence and and shooting and all kinds of disturbing things, mm-hmm. they refer to him to them as antics oh a-n-t-i-c-s antics does it begin with spelling bee no but i will in case i'm not articulating closely um and that really bothered me so you have a killer and we are calling the preparation for the murder antics um so my question would be when you have a a violent gang related multiple shooting does anyone call that antics do i did i miss that I think, it's Im- I think it's important to talk about the precursor to violence because a kid making violent YouTube videos is not necessarily inherently problematic. That one piece of information taken it by itself is not enough, enough for us to be, to be a true predictor of violence. I'm not saying that we should call those things antics necessarily, but I think it's really important that educators have a way to separate what are you know creative what's a creative writing assignment versus adam lanza the shooter uh, sandy hook is an excellent example you know he turned in in fifth grade the big book of granny about a grandma who kills kids and taxidermies them and his father 
in the Atlantic, I believe, he said his contention was, how would we have known in fifth grade? He wrote this, you know, kind of creepy book. How would we have known that he wasn't the next Stephen King? The way you know is threat assessment. You are able to look at everything else that's happening in that kid's life and we go, how concerned should I be about this kid? If it's just a kid who's writing creepy stuff, but they're doing well in school, they're getting along with their family, they have they have domain connectedness, they are feeling you know they have social emotional wellness generally, then they're probably not a predictor of violence. So I I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, after someone has perpetrated violence, calling their things antics is completely tone deaf and inappropriate. But we need to have a way for educators to be able to separate the folks who are potentially on a path to violence versus kids who just wrote a creepy story one time. Right, but I but I also think that part of, I think this is symptomatic of this sort of societal problem of not taking some of this stuff seriously. Right. And, and looking at, you know, any of these things that we are discussing are not pranks. They're not pranksters. They're not antics. They are not hoaxes. You know, and so it, it, it's really symptomatic of the fact that we're we're minimizing what's happening with these things. And I find it a little bit hypocritical that you're calling someone a prankster and then charging them with a felony sure. of making terroristic threats. I mean, so think of from our students' perspectives, we're really kind of sending this mixed message that is, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that, and oh no, and, I mean, the media is sending that, this yeah. mixed message of sort of glorifying it with the media coverage, and then minimizing it by using verbiage that, that mm-hmm. makes it look less harmless, but yet, when it comes to a legal perspective, they're really getting into a lot of serious legal problems, yes. so it's really kind of creating this this duality of message that I think is very difficult maybe for kids to discern, although frankly, I have a problem in this day and age with any kid turning around and going, oh, I was just kidding. That picture of me holding a gun saying I was going to come and kill everyone in school, just a joke. I don't know how anyone in this day and age with the the long and bitter history of school violence can legitimately ever use that excuse. But but you, and and where is that line then? I mean, if I am a kid and I'm, a kid that's really into World War II, for example, and I'm drawing depictions of things that happened in World War II. Is that violent or just a joke? I mean, so right. you, I mean but, but, but when, you point, are, when you are crafting a message on social media that is very specifically targeting or very specifically aimed at what we archetypally or iconically view as a school shooting situation, right? Mm-hmm. The weapon... The, the verbiage, you know, I'm posing with the weapon and all that kind of stuff, that's much more, it's very difficult to excuse that as someone that didn't know any better than to have a seventh grader with, with a fascination with German tanks drawing a violent battle scene sure. is very different. Sure, and, and my point is, is that as educators, if we don't have a way to parse out who's the kid that has an interest in tanks versus who's the kid that is... In engaging in a behavior of escalating threats and threatening behavior, if educators don't have a way to separate out who are those kids, then it's all a free-for-all. So, I mean, that's I guess that's my point, is that I think because we have a lot of violence in our society and in our culture, 
well, we need to have a way to separate out who are the kids that we need to be concerned about and that need supports and interventions, and who are the kids that just the thing that they happen to be interested in is has an element of violence to it. Well, and, and then I think the wraparound or the flip side of this whole discussion is at the same moment that I'm, tra- you know, I'm tracking these and seeing all these media reports with this, you're also seeing tons of media reports where it's, it is a rumor-based threat. Um, there was just one this week where the, a, a, a parent had heard a rumor that there was going to be an active shooter at the high school and called in attendance and on the attendance line said, I'm not sending my kid today because there is supposed to be an active shooter, which mm. would not be my way of hoping for that report. Um, and so then it turned into this, there's an active shooter in the school and locking down and doing all this stuff. Yes. And of course, they come to find out that it was a report of an active shooter at a different high school, wasn't even at this high school. But it's so it's kind of interesting how the rumors really take on a life of their own and force the school into making a response or having to gauge a response, you know, of what's the appropriate way to do that. But yet, on the flip side, we also have this really minimizing the, the actual serious ones in the media. So I think it's, it's, there's just a dichotomy that I find to be very interesting. Sure. That, you know, when, when you're talking about your parent, your kid, all bets are off. You know, it's you're going to clearly err on the side of caution, but yet more globally, we're minimizing a lot of the things. So it's kind of an interesting how that rumor thing sort of plays into it. I think that speaks to the uh, fact that we are so desensitized in this country to school shootings. I mean, when you said about that school shooting in you Washington... You are until, until the, the school has your name on it. And then we want a full-blown hardcore response and I'm not sending my kid and I'm going to homeschool my kid. So it's very interesting that we are desensitized until that moment when we have that brief flash of belief that something bad is happening in my school and then we want it everything and we want the response to be full blown but yet we don't want to do the hard work and preparation up front for that. Yeah. All right. Well, that wasn't very funny. No. Nope. Like you're not doing a great job of uh Bringing the humor. You know, I'm going to do pen myself up until I can come up with, <laughs> with the better topic prankster for you. <laughs> Wasn't well, Loki considered the prankster god? I mean, he did yeah. some pretty uh, messed up stuff. Yeah, maybe I'm just not defining I th- prank. I, say, I think you're prank just mis- right misidentifying prank. So next time I do something awful, I'm just going to go, that was a prank. Just a prank. I'm just going to start punching people. Call it a prank. So there you have it. Well, thank you for joining us for another fun and exciting episode of the School Safety Free Period. Please do rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a too ridiculous to be true story, but it is true, you can send it to us at info at eschoolsafety.org. That's the website, www.eschoolsafety.org. We have tons of free resources and information. We also have our normal serious podcast, School Safety News, you can find on the website. And we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks.